On March 27th of 2019, this community lost one of its members, Dimitri Pulizos, who was a political leader and a restaurant owner. And as you can imagine, with that kind of work, the man had an enormous social capacity. And as you might expect, at his funeral, the church was packed full of people who knew him. But on March 27th of this year, a man named Andy Kutsudakis, who was the owner of a lower Manhattan diner called Tribeca's Kitchen, departed this life as a victim of the coronavirus. And just like Dimitri, he was a fixture of his community. He seemed to know the name of every child being pushed down the street in a stroller. He knew his customers' favorite cookies and perhaps also how they liked their steak cooked. But all those people were not able to go to Andy's funeral because of the physical distancing we must practice now due to the coronavirus. As these deaths increase, which are close to 20,000 now in this country, what also increases is the sense of urgency, the sense that we can't act fast enough, that we just can't develop a vaccine fast enough, we can't build ventilators fast enough, we can't produce face masks fast enough, we just can't get there fast enough. Perhaps Mary and Martha felt the same way, because when their brother had gotten sick and it was serious, they sent word to Jesus, see the one whom you love is sick, come and see him. And Jesus arrives four days after he had died, and both of the sisters say to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But Jesus shows his authority over death. He comes to the tomb, to the man who had been dead for four days, which shows that he was really and truly dead, and he raises him. But we see more in the story of the raising of Lazarus than just Jesus' authority over death. We see something else that we really need to see right now. We see that the suffering and death that he allows to occur in this world does not happen because he doesn't love us. He loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and they loved him, and everyone knew that. So if he loves us, why does he allow death to happen in the world? Why does he allow things like the coronavirus that are causing so much suffering and so much death? Well, it was never the original intention of God. And if we go back to the story of Adam and Eve in Genesis, and we read carefully, we notice that he never forbade them from eating of the tree of life, at least not at first. He only prevented that after they had eaten of the other tree. And the reason he did so was this, because unless we had a way out of this existence of sin and brokenness, we would live eternally in it. And so death is not a punishment. It is a severe mercy that God gives us to liberate us from this life of corruption and sickness and brokenness and sin that ultimately leads to that death. But death is still scary. And it's still terribly, terribly painful to lose the people we love. And Jesus knows that. When he comes to Lazarus' tomb, and he sees Mary and those who are with her weeping tears. He's deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. 
And when he comes to the tomb, he himself, the Lord Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, weeps tears. And he doesn't just weep for Lazarus. He weeps for Mary. He weeps for Martha. He weeps for everyone who was there gathered. He weeps for all of his suffering creation. He weeps for Dimitri. He weeps for Andy. He weeps for everyone who has lost anyone to death. But he's not here today to weep with us. So it falls to me to offer you three ways to be comforted in this time. Something for your heart, something for your head, and something for your hands. So for your heart, keep your heart soft through tears. It's easy if you get immersed in the news to get angry. You can get angry at the government. If you're watching the news, that's just going to make your heart hard. Keep your heart soft through tears. The cure for depression, that's another thing that we can feel. We can feel heavy in our hearts. The cure for depression is grief. So shed tears to keep your heart soft. For your head, for your mind, we have to try to remember the life-giving truths of our faith, that death is not a punishment from God, that it's a mercy from Him. We need to also try to remember His words when He says, I am the resurrection and the life. One of the greatest Christian philosophers, Soren Kierkegaard, once wrote a book that was inspired by the story of Lazarus. He called it The Sickness Unto Death. And his point in the book was that Lazarus' sickness was not unto death, Jesus says as much, because he knew he would raise him from the dead. The death that came from this physical illness was not the sickness unto death. Jesus had power over that, and he raised him. And so COVID-19, guess what, is not the sickness unto death. What Kierkegaard said was the sickness unto death is despair, depression, the loss of hope, despondency. So remember that, and remember also what you can do with your hands, because we act with our hands. We do things with our hands. And here I remember a saint, a great saint of the Romanian church whom we commemorated yesterday, Saint Kalinikos of Cernica. Saint Kalinikos is a beloved saint in Romania, and he would have preferred to just live his life as a monk, just live the spiritual life in prayer. But he accepted to be ordained to the priesthood in 1813. Why? Because an epidemic at that time had taken the lives of many of the priests. And so St. Kalinikos did what needed to be done. And to the extent that you're able, as you look around and you see the real needs of people in the world, do what you can. Just what you can. With your hands, you can write a check. You can click a Donate Now button. The son of the owner of the diner in New York started a GoFundMe campaign to make face masks and protective equipment for the medical workers. But money is not the only way you can help. Some of us don't have a lot of money to give. If you find out that your neighbor is suffering hardship, has lost his or her job, like the 17 million Americans who have filed for unemployment, make a little bit of extra dinner. You can't invite them over because we're socially distant or physically distant now, but make them some food. Take it to their house. 
Leave it on their doorstep. Knock, knock on the door, step six feet away, and say, hey, I made this for you. And perhaps the most important of all, use your hands to pick up the phone and call people that you haven't seen in a while. Because we're lonely in this time. We can't see each other. We can't be with each other. So something for your heart, something for your head, and something for your hands. Weep tears to keep your heart soft. Remember the life-giving truths of our faith. And do what you can to meet the real needs of people who are suffering from this. At the beginning of the Gospel of John, at the calling of the first disciples, when they asked Jesus, where are you staying? He said, come and see. Come over and let's sit down and talk and perhaps eat something and just be together. Come and see. But at the end of the Gospel of John, when Lazarus dies and Jesus asks his family, where have you laid him? They say to him, come and see. Come and see, Lord, the destiny of your suffering creation. Come and see where all of us are headed to the darkness of the grave. And he does come and see. And not just with his eyes, but with his life. He goes to the cross, and he comes to see death through his own experience, and through the mystery of that death by crucifixion and his resurrection, to break the bonds of death for all time, and to give us life. So let that be your prayer to God in this time. Come and see, Lord. Come and see the fear I feel knowing about this coronavirus and knowing about the thousands of people it has killed. Come and see, Lord. See my grief and my sadness at having lost people I love. Come and see me, Lord, in my despair and in my hopelessness and in my depression and heal me from this sickness unto death. Come, Lord, who open the eyes of the blind and help me to see the glory of your resurrection and to say with triumphant and victorious faith, we have seen the resurrection. Anastasin Christu Theasamani. Because when the church sings this, it means it really is possible to see it, it really is possible to know it, to live it, to be assured of it. So I leave you with that great prayer of our faith today on this special resurrectional day. Having beheld the resurrection of Christ, let us worship the Holy Lord Jesus, the only sinless one. Your cross, O Lord, we venerate, and your holy resurrection we praise and glorify. For you are our God, we know no other but you. It is your name we invoke. Come, all you faithful. Let us venerate the holy resurrection of Christ. For behold, through the cross, joy has come to all the world. Ever blessing the Lord, let us praise his resurrection for having endured the cross for us. He destroyed death by death. Amen.